to our podcast. We are the Faith Lift Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. All right. Hey, good morning. Um, welcome back to the Faith Love Sisters. We're reading Hebrews 10 today, verses 1 through 14. And um, yeah, that's what we're doing. <laughs> so <laughs> while we're doing this, I'm going to drink an extra cup of coffee because I think that that needs to happen <laughs> in order for things to run smoothly in my head. So Terry, why don't you, while I sip here um, and let the caffeine flow. Why don't you read for us? How about that? All righty. <clears throat> for since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered year after year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, they would not have ceased to be offered since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. <clears throat> Excuse me. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. When he said above, 
you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are the offered, uh, these are offered according to the law. Then he added, behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ is offered for all time, a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. You know, when I read this, I, I, I struggled a little bit. It was like, gosh, Lord, why did you institute something that you didn't even like? You know, and what came to mind was how many times have I done things with my children that I didn't really like having to do? You know, <laughs> I did it for their good. <clears throat> I didn't necessarily like the fact that I had to be the bad guy, if you will, and do that. Um. So I kind of saw it in a little different light after that. I thought, okay, so, you know, God maybe didn't like having to institute this system of blood and sacrifice. Um, but because he saw the end and he saw that Jesus was going to have to come and give himself, he did this as a picture for us to see just how how awful sin was and what it was going to take to to deal with it. So I can remember saying to my kids, you know, this is this hurts me more than it hurts you. Yeah. And I think maybe that's absolutely true of 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 the father in this and that it had to have hurt him tremendously to to have to do that. To allow Jesus to come and give himself. And I mean, we know that that was the plan from the very beginning from the was start. that, you know, Jesus was going to step in and we have the. I'll say it again, I've said it probably a dozen times, but we have the privilege of perspective and being able to look back um, on the history of this. But I was thinking yesterday, we talked a lot about like blood sacrifices and the fact that when the priest cleansed, like the blood was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I don't know why that didn't stick until yesterday. Like for me, that the blood would have been everywhere. And I wonder if the fact that, you know, they're coming out of the law and that culturally and historically that that is what they knew and that God was getting ready because of the fact that that had to be such a big break for them to change and, and transfer to their mindset to Jesus. Like, I wonder if some of that was to set up the giant sacrifice of Jesus, like a visual reminder, like, hey, you know all this blood that is being shed on the cross for you? Remember all the blood that came from the bulls that was literally on your body, that was on the seats, that was on the tent, that was on all of those things? Like, take a breath and recognize what a sacrifice it is that he is standing there and you no longer have to be literally cleansed by the blood. 
I just think that that's a huge visual that God was even using for this mm-hmm. because of the fact that there is such a huge mental shift that has to happen that sometimes you need to have a visual reminder of the mental shift, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they've known hundreds of years of blood mm-hmm. <clears throat> being sprinkled and spattered and poured out. And um, and so, yeah, I think it's that certainly had to have been a, all part and parcel um, so that when Jesus died, I think that that's a that's a good way to look at it, that it, God. He, it, it's basically something that they've seen before. They're familiar with it. They'll understand what mm-hmm. it's all about. Right. And just because the people who believed in Jesus were no longer participating in these blood atonements doesn't mean that it still wasn't happening. Well, and it still was happening in the Jewish faith. Right. And there are other faiths, too, that have blood sacrifice, Mm -hmm. um, an animal sacrifice. So for them to be able to turn and see... Like, oh my gosh, this is what I lived under. Yeah. This is this is happening still, and this is what I lived under. How wonderful that I don't have to do that because I have been forgiven once and for all. And for all. Well, we talked, <laughs> we're all kind of processing, I think. Um, we talked yesterday a lot about forgiveness, um, which really is a lot about what this whole passage is. Um, and we've talked also, you know, we feel like there's a lot of reiteration that goes along in Hebrews, just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of talk over and over and over about the different aspects of that. And it's written over and over and over. Um, but Terry brought up something, I don't know, last week or the week before maybe where she was like, Hey, listen, like it has to be really important. <laughs> mm-hmm. This, this yeah. is really significant. So yeah. Sometimes we have to be told things over and over and over to make them really stick. One of the things I appreciated a lot in this particular lesson was what other scriptures say about sacrifice. Because we've talked about the fact that God instituted these blood sacrifices to cover the sins of the people. We've talked about Jesus' sacrifice to cleanse us. His blood cleanses us from all that sin. Um, but there were some other things that sacrifices that, that God desires that describe the kinds of sacrifices that God desires. Um, so in Psalm 51, it talks about a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. Yeah. That God desires that kind of sacrifice. Because we know that he didn't really desire all that blood. Um, First Samuel says, obedience is better than sacrifice. Um, Isaiah, God wants us to seek justice, encourage the oppressed, and defend the cause of the fatherless. Hosea says, plead for the widow. That's the kind of sacrifice that God likes. Micah says um, that God's looking for, um, for us to act justly to love mercy and to walk humbly with him. Those are sacrifices that we make um, that he is very pleased with. So I kind of, I, I sort of loved those. Um, 
Yeah, those were good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because it was like, well, if God didn't really like all the blood sacrifice, it was a necessity. You know, in the Old Testament, it was a necessity to to show the people what it took for forgiveness of sin um, and get them ready to be able to receive what Jesus did for them. Um, like Suzanne oh. said, I think that that was really an important piece. Um, also in Isaiah, it says, that he has had enough of their sacrifices mm. and their um, his they ha- are an abomination and have become a burden to him along with their new moon celebrations and their feasts and that he has hated those. They're, they're a burden to him as, and what he desires is the broken heart. Yeah. A steadfast love. And all of those things come out of the relationship side. They don't come out of the. You yeah, you know. can't have it ahead of time. You don't have no. a broken heart and go on sinning. <laughs> right, right, right. So you have to be able to receive that forgiveness that he yeah. has offered and then be done with the pomp and circumstance mm-hmm. of all of the craziness and step into that relationship and walk in relationship with him and with others. But none of it's possible to do effectively without the forgiveness of sins through Jesus. I agree. It is interesting that he's all those things that that Terry was saying that God was, you know, he was done with all that stuff. It was a burden to him. Um, Because I think sometimes, too, when we when we're doing, we get caught up in self-righteousness. And I'm sure that that was a trap that the Israelites fell into too. They thought they were doing all the stuff they needed to do to be right with God. Um, and it's really easy. That's a kind of a slippery slope then to the fact that I'm, well, then I'm doing it. I'm good. I'm doing all that. Instead of realizing that um, only God is good. And I can't really live that life, that good life without him. Mm-hmm. I I think you're just in so many ways we've really talked it through. Um it's so funny. I was like, I don't have a lot to add here. Y'all are doing so good. Um and I was just really taking a lot from what you were saying. In that you're right, that contrite heart needs to be there. Our sacrifice, that's what we can do in our life today. I don't have goats, right? And I don't if I had one, I don't want to kill it. Right? right, and I can, right. I'm imagining myself back then. I would have been heartbroken to see a little lamb killed because of my sin, and it's laid out in front of me. I would be horrified. That's pretty traumatic, actually. Maybe more traumatic for our time right now than it was back then, but still very sad. Saying, "No, this one didn't have to die. It died because of you." Yeah. Right, and and to be able to see our relationship with Jesus on that, He is the perfect Lamb. I think this all starts with seeing our sin, seeing it clearly and seeing that out of his love, he, um, he redeemed us, you know, his sacrifice. And so his sacrifice made the difference. Mm -hmm. And so then when you were listing all those things in Isaiah, the different sacrifices that God desires, it's like, that's what we can do now. My big plans, like you were saying, like we get into this, self-righteousness, they're all that other stuff. Well, I can sacrifice that on the altar. I need to clearly see what it is 
It's mine. It's something that needs to not be here. My obedience, it could be sacrificing my agenda. It could be sacrificing the way I want people to see me. It could be sacrificing the way people have treated me. Right. It could be, and I don't, I get into unforgiveness or something like that. That can all get sacrificed because Jesus has made that possible. It's like those are our new lambs. Um, they were there then also, but because we don't have these little baby lambs, um, personally, we can do that at any moment, at any time. Again, because Jesus did once for all. And, and you're, you were right, Suzanne, when you said it's in the future too. It's like he's there, he's waiting, he's ready. I don't have to wait till the next feast day. Which the other thing I was thinking about that, like the blood of the feast days, like people must have been sliding around, like how yeah. bad that was. No, I know. But oh. I mean, ugh. Yeah, nice. I was thinking about how sticky that is. Yeah. You know, he's sprinkling with, you've got all this. Ugh. Right. Yeah. And it's like feast days, if someone's sacrificing for every family, Oh my goodness. I, I just, but then it's like for God to say, I desire your goodness. I desire your contrite heart. I desire your obedience. It's just so you can get a picture of how bad it is. Mm -hmm. Now let's turn because we live in Jesus Christ. We live in his mercy and grace. You know, I think my, one of my biggest problems is I don't see my sin. Personally, I think that's something that um, I just need to be more aware of. I need to see the lambs. And I need to be honest and tell the truth. Even if it's just to me and God, that's all right. You know, if someone offends me, it's like praying for them. That makes sense in light of all of this. In light of all of this. Anyway. It, there, there was a part in there where they were talking about being perfected, and I think sometimes can, people can get confused in terms of, okay, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And now what that does is it positions us correctly. But then they said, second, and I think this is through Stephen Cole, it's like the practice of working out our salvation in obedience, right? That takes a lifetime. That's mm -hmm. forever, right? So we can be secure and know that we are in Christ. He's, he's in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And now as a result of that, how do I handle my disobedience? You know, how do I handle the next person next to me? What do I do? What does this look like in my life? You know, I don't know. Well, one of the things that I liked, <clears throat> excuse me, in one of the FYI boxes was um, our Kent Hughes talks a little bit about the blood. <laughs> yeah. But he says um, the last thing that he said in this statement, I underlined and really thought a lot about it because it says, Jesus writes in bold crimson letters across our lives, forgiven. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, you know, it seems like the blood is um, kind of repulsive to us. Like, ugh, that's nasty. Like we were just talking about, right? Mm -hmm. But when it, if it comes down to Jesus writing forgiven across my account pages in bright, brilliant, red blood, 
that's the only way and that's the best way. And it doesn't seem so repulsive in that context. Well, then it seems very precious, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. That he would give himself as a sacrifice for us. Yeah. Again, who does that? <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think that's um, kind of a great thought to end us on um, for today. So, Angie, would you mind praying for us? would love to. Great. <clears throat> oh, Father, we do see the blood of Jesus is something very precious. We know that he did not deserve the punishment that he took, but that he did that for us so that our account, like Terry said, would be wiped clean. Father, we thank you that we are forgiven, that Jesus did that looking ahead. He did it for the joy that he would find in us and having us for his own. And so, Lord, we just thank you that he was willing, that you were willing um, to make a way for us. And, Lord, I pray that as we read these scriptures, it will give us a greater sense of appreciation for the plan that you had from the very beginning, that it will give us a greater sense of appreciation for the sacrifice that Jesus was willing to make for us. And Father, I pray that it will give us a greater desire to walk with you, to love mercy, to love your justice, to love your people, to love all people, Father, and to feel for them, to desire that they would come to know you and to love you. Father, I pray that these scriptures will encourage us to share what you've done in our lives with everyone that we meet so that they can experience the love and forgiveness that you have to offer through Jesus. So Lord, I pray that our hearts will be soft towards you. I pray for everyone listening that their hearts will be soft towards you. And Father, that we will receive all that you have for us because Jesus sure did pay an incredible price for it. Lord, we thank you. We worship you and we glorify the name of Jesus. It is truly a name above all names. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. 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 Ha, 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 ha.